everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of We Talk, We Crashed here on the Hollywood Critics Association YouTube page. We're breaking down episode seven of We Crashed. I am one of your hosts. I'm the outlaw, John Roca, joined by these two wonderful members from the Hollywood Critics Association. Nikki Fowler, how are you, Nikki? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, defender of Rebecca. And over here, <laughs> Griffin Schiller. Griffin, how are you? Uh, I'd like to rescind my negative comments towards Rebecca from last week because I rewatched the second. I rewatched this episode and I, I have a new layer of empathy for her. Wow. But that that does not absolve her from the shenanigans that she does in this episode. So I just wanted to put that out there, clear the air. That's fair. Yeah. There's a lot of shenanigans in this episode. Certainly going to get into all of it. This is a spoiler review. It's like a spoiler review. So we're going to uh, spoil everything in the episode. So if you haven't seen the episode, go and watch it and come on back and hang out with us. Another thing we want to remind you to always subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed to it. If you've been enjoying these uh, after shows and the conversations we've been having, please subscribe to the channel and hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping all the content we do here on the HGA channel. And remember, as always, if you're going to share this, and we encourage you to share this video or clips of it, please put that hashtag, we talk, we crashed on there. And if you want to send us comments, because uh, next week is the finale, so now's the time to catch up and send us comments that you want us to talk about on that show, go to shows at Hollywood HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com that shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com and uh, we'll be reading some comments later on in the show that we got from some of you from last week. So, all right, let's get into this one. Episode 7, The Power of We. So much to get into here. That we, we, we saw Adam struggling with the IPO. We see the after effects of Adam and Rebecca and what happened with Adam kind of dropping that hammer in a relationship that you should never drop in a relationship telling your actual worst ugly feelings about a situation. And we see Miguel getting a bit disenfranchised here. The beginnings of him understanding how much he's being pushed to the side and we see a little more here with the other employees at we work and what they're kind of grasping about the possibilities of how much money they could be making out of this and that's certainly setting up the tragedy for next episode when they realize how much they're not going to make so nikki overall episode seven talk to me what are you feeling to come out of this episode disturbed <laughs> yeah i, I was love it. very very hard to watch all of the fires burning in mm. this one um Especially starting out with Scott Galloway, who um, yes. they, you know, came in to reenact how he just went in for the kill when they dropped this um, S1 document mm -hmm. and the field day he had with just tearing down the spending and, you know, what Rebecca, you know, enhanced on the S1, which was very non-traditional yeah. that they even let go out that way. Um, I was even surprised that um, JP Morgan, you know, Bruce at that table, he, he, you know, Cameron was like, are you, are you allowing this? Yeah. Um, um, and just to take it a step further with her um, enhancing this or her and Adam uh, enhancing this S1, um, I believe I read that she even put like a dedication on the S1. <laughs> I'm sorry, she put a dedication. You say enhance, um, <laughs> I say another word. Yes, well, you know, to be fair, they kept all of the legal binding yes, information mm -hmm. and, you know, they just kind of sprinkled their Adam and Rebecca-isms Rebecca onto the document. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see um, the bankers vying for this $100 million potential fee to mm -hmm. be the left lead uh, bank for this IPO um, with this bake-off. So that was super interesting, but disturbing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I 
was just wondering, you know, how are they allowing this to happen? <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll get into Rebecca. Yeah, I can't definitely. defend Rebecca this time. Oh, a plot twist. Well, um, uh, Griffin, overall thoughts on this episode? As, as Nikki mentioned here, we did see a number of these organizations trying or financial organizations trying to woo Adam. We see the uh, the uh, Rebecca situation with Regrow that it's not growing yeah. as uh, much as she would like. And we get a big window into what we're seeing with Miguel. So what did you think about this overall episode yourself? I'm Similar to you, Nikki, I was just sort of like, I'm I'm shocked that they allowed this like clown show to continue. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just very clearly was going to like blow up in their faces. And like, I, I guess just the Newmans just had this very uh, innate ability to like just win people over with their sweet talk. I, but at some point, like you just got to like scratch your head at like, what they're doing and be like, how, like all the, the people they had to pass, like the checks that they had to pass in order to get this company out into the public and stuff like that. And they just let it happen. Like I, I get the whole like unorthodox thing, you know, like breaking norms and whatnot, but I mean, you know, Bruce should have known, right? Like he, he should have known that this was not going to go over well. It's like, you can be unorthodox and like, you can be an outside thinker to an extent, but like ultimately you actually have to deliver on yeah. something. You have to have like something that's going to get people to want to invest in your company. And all they had were just these like neat little catchphrases and that's, that's it. Uh, and it's just, that's why I think my favorite moments in this series are when Cameron comes in, he's just like, what? It's the breath of fresh air. And the, and like his reaction to them reading the S1 is, is priceless. Cause that's all of us. I mean, that was yeah. me just sitting there just like that. That's it. Like what? It's like, you know, it's, um, I don't know. It was wild, but I, in terms of the episode as a whole, this, it, it took me a little bit to get into. Maybe it was like the professor G thing mm. at the top that like threw me off. Cause I wasn't used to that. Like, you know, song that we're getting with over the end credits and or the opening credits and everything. But yeah, I, I think it, it kind of like uh pacing wise staggered a little bit at the top and then it kind of settled into uh, its groove. And that's when it really started to get good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I, I feel that uh, the opening, I liked the opening because it was nice to get a little more with the nooks and uh, the nuts and bolts of things and how this all went down. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did feel at times a bit disjointed, especially yeah, yeah. when they spent time with the other employees because we haven't spent a lot of time with them in the uh, in the show. So having us invest in Chloe's struggle over getting a $23,000 bag most of us can't afford, well, I think a lot of us can't afford a $23,000 bag, so we have to connect with her story to understand what that bag means, and because we haven't had a lot of time with her, we don't know what that bag means. Same thing with Mikey. Mike, it was nice to get Mikey some more dialogue and some more interactions with Adam and Rebecca, but what is Mikey's backstory? Because yeah. compared to uh, the other guy, I think, uh, who doesn't, or Jacob, I think his name is, who doesn't have, or who has money from his parents, there's a difference here and a disconnect. So would have been nice to spend some time with him. But the stuff we did get with Rebecca and Adam, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. The stuff we got with Adam going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cameron was really funny. Uh, and then getting more into how insane this was and how it worked is just beyond the pale. So let's jump in the first storyline. Certainly the main storyline here in the whole show, or in this episode rather, is the IPO. Adam is struggling. We see him go to Google and they're like, why are you coming to us? Why aren't you getting SoftBank money? And clearly now Masa has kind of moved to the side here because Adam is trying to get money to try to once again snow the snow over the situation, make sure he's not having to answer to anybody. And he's certainly scared that they're going to see all, like I said, the dirty laundry at the beginning 
with Professor G on that show kind of explaining all the stuff that Galloway does. And then we see him eventually come around on this situation after he goes to see Jamie over there at J.P. Morgan to ask for money. Uh, they've already given, what, like $97 million or so, $91 million, something like that, which uh, is insane how much money they're giving. And then eventually he says to Miguel, I, I know you don't think I listen to you, but I am listening to you. Then we see him on CNBC, which Rebecca could not get on with WeGrow. He's on CNBC announcing that they're going public, and we see the reaction and then have J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley all come in to pitch valuations and in the end he settles on the 63 million dollars with jamie but then and then that opens the door for all of this to happen which is the s1 and then we see this insane idea that those two are going to figure out how to write an s1 and i love that we get rebecca getting called out by one of the wall street one of the guys there at jp when he says oh she worked on wall street yeah for like three weeks because she's been throwing it around that she worked on wall street it is once again just nice uh, um um on pulling back the curtains on rebecca so what a journey we had in this episode, Nikki. Thoughts on the S1, thoughts on the IPO situation and how it was handled in this consolidated amount of time. Because certainly this took a long time for Adam to finally come around on it. Yeah, I mean, this there was a lot jammed into this mm. uh, episode, but it started to all make sense once you got to the end of it. Um, the whole Steve Galloway portion, you know, that's a real um, professor, I guess, at NYU or Stearns. Mm. And, um, you know, he basically just tore through the S1 to say, you know, they're using buzzwords, um, you know, they're tearing through money. They have $47 billion in um, leasing lifetime debt, but mm. they're only bringing in $3 billion, and the math just doesn't add up. So it's interesting that they all pushed the IPO through, and Bruce was signed on from a, a benchmark, and J.P. Morgan, and all these banks are vying for, um, you know, to, to again, like I said, to get this $100 million fee, and they're giving these huge valuations. Yeah. And it is customary that, you know, in this pitching or this uh, bake off, as they call it, that they're giving huge valuations, like Uber had like 120 uh, valuation before they went public and then it went down to like 40 billion. Oof. So, um, you know, they're pitching Adam. They're telling him what he wants to hear. Uh, I've read in other resources that, you know, he actually was dyslexic. I mentioned that on the last oh, wow. show. I wasn't okay. sure, but he, he definitely was. And they like designed some of the pitch decks for him with a lot of images and high valuations and, you know, coloring outside the lines just to try to win the bid. So yeah. there were a lot of people that were complacent in, in all of this. So, um, it's not that we work again, like you've said in other mm. uh, episodes, that it wasn't a viable company. It's just that, you know, he he wasn't running the company right. He was overspending. So all of that was really interesting. Yeah, we certainly got some numbers here, Griffin, yeah. of the amount of money. But what we're saying, like uh, fifty eight million per week. That yeah. is just an yeah. insane number to even consider or think about, and what he's spending here. But he's also a little bit afraid. But then eventually comes around. Why do you think? He eventually agreed to go public. Was it because all the other options were exhausted? He had yeah. no choice. Yeah. So he thought he could snow them over even more and get the valuation so high. I mean, yeah, I think he was just because he was backed into a corner and he had no other no other option. Mm. I think the the tipping point, at least in the episode, that that triggered him to go, okay, maybe we're going to make this an IPO is when he had that meeting with Jamie uh, at J.P. Morgan yes. and Jamie called him a unicorn. And that was like basically feeding his ego, feeding him what he wanted to hear. Right. Giving him more that, money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, your stocks are going to be worth like so much and everything like that. And so and Jamie probably knew full well that it was not going to be nearly as much as what Adam thought it was going to be. Right, he probably right. saw profit as an option, but he also... 
you know, was, was definitely trying to upsell him a little bit. And I think that's, that's evident there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And then we and also then, get the questions about um, from Google. How are you a tech company? Oh, we yeah. also get that at yeah. the beginning. That well, pops up yet mm-hmm. again in this in this and he episode. Can't explain it. And he can't explain it yet again. <laughs> yeah, well, because they, they, I mean, they've never been able to uh, explain anything in terms of their con- uh, country company. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's all it is all just these fancy slogans and whatnot. I think honestly, the the most apt description of it is like the description of the show, which is a love story worth forty seven billion dollars. Right. The the whole this episode to me cemented the fact that this show is just about them in their relationship right, and right. that like yes that allowed the company to grow to an extent but it was also the downfall and so when you get to stuff where they're you know handing over the s1 and like the really triumphant music is playing and you're like this is really contradictory to how i'm feeling because i'm feeling for all the employees who are going to get absolutely screwed in mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. it's like well this is the story about their romance and like they were able to you know, rekindle their love for one another and admiration for one of one another by working on this S one. And this is something they're proud of. Um, and this is like everything they kind of believe in and whether or not it was business smart, it wasn't, it was their whole uh, thing, their whole mantra. So like, I, I get it and I admire them to, for like sticking to their guns, but like, at the expense of everyone else, it's just like grossly irresponsible. Right, right. Uh, Sense a lot of anger from you, Griffin, about it. Were you, were you, uh, I mean, uh, you know, we've read your notes in the past before, and certainly they're not without their colorful words. Yeah. Uh, did you find that you were spouting even more colorful words throughout this episode? And was it because you saw the potential of what this could have been well, yeah. for Adam and Rebecca, but they're lost out in the stars. But if they hadn't been lost out in the stars, as we see in the S1 perspective perspective scene, yeah. he says small people don't achieve stuff. You've got to have this wider vision. Yeah. So, I mean, would they have even gotten to this point without Adam's insane approach to this? I, I think there, there comes a point where it's like you have to touch grass, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... They're... Ambition is great and it will get you a lot of places and it's great to have these like, you know, big ideas and dreams for the company, but you have to be able to achieve those realistically. And I just don't think that they were doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think ultimately Rebecca was feeding him all of these sweet nothings and it it worked to an extent, but after a while, like it just... Like, he was just indulging these unrealistic ideas, like, stuff with, like, We Grow. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to build a high school now, and we're going to educate people from, like, elementary school to high school. And I was like, that's, like, a cultish idea, but okay, sure. <laughs> um, and and I just think, like, and, and even, like, it was, I, I don't even want to, like, blame Rebecca entirely for this, because right, I right. think Adam... They're both of them. Yeah, he, he had his own eccentricities and angles and everything, and they both just, like, fed into that, like, unrealistic sort of desire that they had to be uh, as big as they possibly could. And like, sure you can admire it, the ambition and everything like that. But I, I also think that like their, their detachment from reality was their downfall. And that I I do think that they had somewhat of a, of a God complex, you know, Uh, especially in that meeting when he's like, you know, raking Cameron over the coals and it's just like, good God, man, that's just, yeah, the Mandarin story. Like that was just like, okay. (laughs) I mean, what do you think? I mean, yeah, Griffin brings up an excellent point. This Adam thinks he's astride the world when in fact he has no idea that it has no clothes on. He's the emperor with no clothes yeah, on. Yeah. And we see that happening, especially in that back and forth with Cameron. But that S1 Perspectives thing, they thought, well, look, we'll just grab uh, sayings 
out of a, a self-help book, and we'll just decorate it with this and put pictures in here. <laughs> I mean, Cameron calling it a, a children's book is just genius. Yeah. And so did we finally see in this episode the limits of this dreaming approach to running a business here in this episode, what did you think about this S1 scene yourself? Um, well, absolutely. Um, you know, even Galloway says in the beginning, in the intro, that, you know, they're scaling the business and they're not cutting costs. So right. they're not running yeah. the business properly. Um, and then when they were putting together the S1, um, you know, EBITDA is, you know, yes. a normal term in the, you know, financial um, industry, but he devises this community-based EBITDA. And so he's like, oh, we don't need rent. We don't need, we'll cut off marketing. We'll cut off design. Right. So you're, you know, hiding these um, expenses to make your company look profitable. And, you know, I, again, I've watched a lot of interviews with, um, you know, Rebecca and Adam, and he kind of says, oh, maybe we shouldn't have used the word, you know, or changed the word. We should have just used the regular word, Ibida, um, and not, you know, brought red flags to themselves. You know, he was just very pompous from the partying and everything. You know, he, I, I wonder how much of this regular companies actually get away with. Yeah. <laughs> and he just had a big, you know, bullseye on his head because he was just so flamboyant. Um, this is the other side of, of being, you know, seen as a, as a star or as a mm -hmm. rock star, or as a person of attention. Yeah. You're going to get that attention and there are going to be jealousy and there are going to be people waiting to take you down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the bloggers and the Wall Street Journal, they yes. were just ready to go at him because yeah. the yeah. company did go public eventually, but it just wasn't with him. Right. Um, and then just, just the finagling, um, you know, the selling of, well, everyone, it was just a sad episode between the, <laughs> yeah. the bag and, you know, even Miguel trying to buy the art yeah. and, um, you know, but obviously Miguel made out with something. I'm not sure about how the rest of the employees are going to do. Right. But, we um, don't know if Chloe bought it or not. We, we oh, just see the, we she, saw the click. We saw the click. Clicked. She That's could have true. clicked add the cart or click buy. That's bot, true. But we don't That's know true. what she clicked. Yeah. But um, even the young kid who's been there for yeah. 10 years, um, there was just yeah. like this sad and gloomy-ness around it. We don't know if they're going to make out with anything. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just felt that they were just coasting at this point. You know, he had shares. You know, um, Adam and Rebecca were going to walk away with something at this point. So yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the symbolism of those mm. moments. Certainly with her in the bag. That symbol, like Adam, for him, it's the company and his fear of having people tell him what to do, right? He didn't want that. Mm -hmm. With Chloe, it's the bag because it's an, in a way, and, and be, the reason, and it's because the company symbolizes independence to him, right? The bag symbolizes financial independence mm -hmm. to Chloe. The art, the Lichtenstein uh, paint, uh, whatever it is, I don't, I'm not into art, but Lichtenstein uh, uh, portrait there, yeah. or, or artwork, that also represents, in a way, independence for Miguel. So they're both more frugal than Adam. Adam trying to kind of delude people to keep getting that money coming is yeah. an interesting moment. Even the we grow thing for Rebecca is also independence for her. It's right. also not working out, but she's at least a little more prudent about it than than Adam is about overall we work. Right. I mean, even down to like the first scene with Rebecca and we grow where they're having some like thing going on and she's like mad because like the the pitch of mr ivy's voice is like yeah. off and it's like you have like far bigger problems going on than just your instructor's voice yeah. is not what you i think envisioned. that was it i think that yeah. she was still harboring the anger towards yeah. um adam which we saw it blow up towards yeah. the yeah. You know, middle to the end yeah yeah well that's that's the thing i think i i really kind of felt sympathy for her a little bit at the beginning of this episode mm -hmm. because like she's here and she's upset with adam because of what he said 
said to her, rightfully so. Um, and then he kind of like reels her back in by feeding her exactly what she wants to hear. Mm -hmm. And like he might be being he might be being like sincere about it. I feel like a lot of this stuff I kind of understood that it was like, oh no, they're just like this is just how they are. There's really yes. no <laughs> nefarious intent. They actually fully believe their own bullshit. Um, but like it, it just felt like you know, he, he understood how to make her feel valued and how to get her to, like, write this whole thing, um, which he probably shouldn't have done because it did not work out well. But it was really sad to see Rebecca get used in a similar way that she had been used in the past, again, by the person who she loves. Right? You okay. know, calls her the co-founder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's a mind, you know It what? is a mind trick. <laughs> well, and this yeah. is stuff that he's doing throughout the entire, I, I think just watching it this this time around, like you can see that this is stuff that he's been doing the whole yes. way I, through. I have to say, I see it less cynically as maybe you guys do, because I, I think he knows his uh, wife, he loves Rebecca, and he knows that he was unfair to her in what he said to her in the last episode. Now, we on the outside can think, Rebecca never showed up for a day's honest work in that place. She, you know, threw a bunch of right. catchphrases from a self-help book out there, but with no real foundation. And I think we're seeing both Rebecca and Adam in this episode show you that because neither one of them had a business foundation, mm -hmm. right. that that's why this all fell apart. They thought they could uh, touchy-feely their way through this whole situation, and the truth is right. it doesn't. Yeah. But I do think Adam cares about her and loves her and realizes, look, he says to her in that honest moment, and Leto is doing a great job. I know all you Morbius haters want to jump on Leto, <laughs> but damn it, dig him the guy is due for what he's doing here. We crashed. I think it's good. That moment when he turns it off after he takes the, the, the werewolf mask off and says to her, like, Tell me what I have to do because I've said, a po I'm sorry, like 26 times. Right. I weighs. I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. And then finally he realizes, okay, let me talk to her about this and give her that co-founder spot. The problem is that now affects Miguel. Yeah. So his desire to make her feel better about a situation, I think it's from a good place because he doesn't love her and he does feel bad about what he said. And I think he meant it when he said, none of this would have been possible without you. Oh, sure. I think he does yeah. believe yeah. it. I think he I, meant so, it, yeah. Yeah. but I but, still doesn't, yeah. yeah, you know, he you still caused damage, yeah, right. you know, yeah. and, you know, he could have meant well through the whole thing, but right. that back and forth and, you know, the, the yeah, so maybe not so deceitful, but he right. was neglecting her right. and, you know, this is his partner, his wife, the mother of his kids, right, and, right. you know, he's throwing co-founder around like it's morning cereal. It's just, just, let's jump into this. I like this. Uh, Nikki, I want to hear from you on this because, look, let's move to that uh, storyline as well with Adam and Rebecca here. We see Rebecca frustrated about shoelaces on teachers' uh, shoes, mm -hmm. the red shoes, frustrated <laughs> by the pitch of the voices Griffin yeah. mentioned, but and then looking on social media and seeing they only have 600 followers on Instagram, which is really frustrating for her. Anyone who's got social media, 600 is a frustrating number to have. And you want to have more. And so and so clearly, the the WeWork numbers are not transferring. Or sorry, the, yeah, WeWork numbers are not transferring over to WeGrow. She wants to go on the CNBC podcast uh, show, but they're not having her. So she ends up on the podcast that she was just denigrating. And then she starts to cry about the animals and the kids right after <laughs> yeah. she's treated her assistant like crap I know, I know. and complained about people's tennis shoes. Probably going to fire those <laughs> teachers. But she's holding her ground with Adam. That's the one place she does have power, mm -hmm. for real, is with Adam. And she does not give in to him and initially she with the S1 prospectus, with anything he's trying to do to apologize to her. Uh, and then eventually... He clears everybody out. They sit there, and then he does 
give her that co-founder spot. So it makes her want to be a part of it. Then they bang the gong and, and gong and say community consciousness, growth, spiritual growth, attention, positivity, meaning, hope. We. Um, and they have the robes, and they've only written nine words, Nikki. And this perspective is, and then she gets inspired by. Uh, is it Mikey coming over? Mikey coming over? Is that his name? The the yeah, Mikey coming over, yeah. drinking the tequila, yeah. and that gets the perspective. And she even sits there and says, when he, she finishes reading it, Cameron is the first one to chime in, and Cameron and she says, "I knew he wouldn't get it," and she rolls <laughs> out. So, to, uh, you're saying that Adam did something a little more possibly insidious here with her? Uh, explain I, that. I'm saying not not so much. Yeah, help me but understand what you're trying still- to say. The neglect was there through okay. all of this, you know, um, like they have this conversation about she's telling him now that the whole company hates her. And he's like, really? Yes. I'll fire them. You know, he was so disconnected from her. Um, but we've had conversations about him. You know, he was disconnected from Miguel, you yeah, know, yeah. just kind of using people to to kind of get ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there are partners that can use each other. So, you know, maybe he didn't mean it, but he mm. was doing, I think, major damage. But I also put a, a lot of responsibility on Rebecca yes. that, um, you know, she could have t- taken charge. I would have liked to have there, seen there her There was that scene, too, where she tells him flat out no, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was like the moment where I was yeah. like, yeah. yes, yeah, you're finally standing up for yourself. Thank you. And then, like, voice. then he wa- walks in there and he's like, oh, you want to write the S1? You're going to be a co-founder. And it's just like... And it just comes back. It's she like falls a back. little too late. It was yeah. just too late yeah. for me. You guys me feel and... more sympathy for Rebecca than I do. That's just fascinating. Not so much sympathy. I'm holding her accountable. Yeah, okay. She, she could have yeah. taken what was presented and ran with it. She was out to lunch quite a few times. And, uh, yeah. Oh. You know, I did I did <laughs> Didn't see... Didn't show up at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did see that a, a real-life interview that where yeah. she was crying and, you know, seeing it displayed on the show was quite different from seeing it uh, on YouTube. Mm. Um, she just didn't have her empath, you know, under control, you know, to be crying. This is like that scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where she's like going through his tats and he's like, she gives all the different um, conflicting ideologies Mm. within the tats and she goes, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And that's what I see with Rebecca. Mm. It's all unfounded bullshit, bullshit, bullshit because she has this idea that she thinks she's going to be the soul of the... She is the soul of the company. And to me, it's frustrating as hell because I'm like, you haven't been here in the day-to-day operations of this company. You've been sitting back tossing some comments. (laughs) I know, I know. I want you two to come after me. It's okay. I I want to offer a contradictory point of view here. And I'm open to you coming out. i got no No, problem with it. But it drives me nuts because it feels entitlement. It feels like entitlement and privilege that she's doing the minimal amount of work, but she wants the most amount of credit. And that, to me, is frustrating. Yeah, I still feel that she was, and I've said this before, that mm. she is what separated WeWork from other similar companies. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And um, like she says in the argument, you took my words, you took everything from me and used it for your own benefit. Mm. Um, did he though? What if she wasn't she... there? What if he did not have that? He would have just been the same company as everyone yeah. else. Right, and he she'd was... still be teaching yoga and charging well, a we dollar don't know per that. person. <laughs> we don't know. Well, yeah. we, we don't know where her finances are. Like I said, her mom did really well. That's true. And that's she, true. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow did say that she grew up very well to do. So we don't know what she would have been doing. But um, yeah, so I think I think the thing is, like, Adam knew how to bottle her like essence, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better phrase, and like put it into the thing that he was trying to build. Because like when they made that, what was but with no complaints from Rebecca. 
No complaints. She went along with it. This well, is she was I very think. passive. And right. I yeah. also think about what she's been through, and that's not a pass, you know, with the father. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an abusive relationship. That's yeah. true. Um, seeing him as a criminal and then her her, her brother dying at, like, yeah. 11. Yeah. So that's why I was really giving her uh, some patience through the whole series. That's fair. Um, because she just, you know, like I said, everyone can't be an Alicia. Um, mm. Just so going for for what you want. And she was comfortable. You know, part right. of me felt she wanted to have kids. She wanted to buy a house with that million dollars. She right. wanted to be mm-hmm. normal and traditional. Um, and maybe she was just kind of guiding, you know, I don't know, like a little. She was like trying. She was trying different avenues, and like when it wasn't going the way that she expected, she would pivot. Just to be fair, because I could already see people shopping their knives. Adam too. Adam very much is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get more money. Let's do this. Let's expand. Let's grow out. Let's let's take up all the square foot in New York City footage in square New York City, but not understand that. As CNBC said, and as uh, uh, Galloway says at the beginning, this growth is going to affect profitability. In the long run, and everyone was doing those assessments, they were just deluded, and Adam, number one, deluded yeah. that they could avoid it somehow, like children almost. We'll just keep going till they catch us. Yeah, well, know? I mean, it's, it's not it's smart. It's all about the valuation. Yeah. You know, yeah. He wanted the highest valuation. Everyone wants the highest valuation. Yeah. And, you know, he gets more money for his shares, whether he's, you know, with the company or without the company. Yeah, that's true. And they the, did they, hit that $63 billion. Sorry, Griffin. Oh, go no, ahead. no, no, you're good. That, that's, that's sort of the thing is it's just like whether or not their intent was malicious does not absolve them from all the damage that they did to Absolutely. all these people. Because they're you can see them working on this S1 and they're super mm-hmm. stoked on it. And they're like, this is going to be great. It's going to benefit the community. It's going to benefit the company or whatever and like you can see their employees like buying into it and they're like oh my gosh we're gonna be rich but like their irresponsibility with handling the s1 mm-hmm. is like the it's a major step to that to the collapse of that company because it what it's what led to all the bad press and yeah, everything yeah. like that so it's like they thought they truly believed that they were doing a good thing but that does not make make them like you know i think i think the enhancements just made them like laughable you know people yeah. had a good so laugh the, the enhancements they made oh yeah, the, yeah. So the, 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 the graphics yeah. and the the thank you note and all that stuff yeah. it made them like a joke but and that probably led to um, Adam being, you know, yeah. he's no longer with the company. We know right, that. Right. But, um, yeah, I feel that it was really the information that was in there mm-hmm. of him overspending and all that factual legal information, which is really was the downfall. Yeah. So not so much what they did to it. That was just kind of, to me, like a distraction. Yeah. You know, bells and whistles. Don't look at, you know, how That's we're spending money on yachts. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. so, yeah. It's a great point. And I don't want to absolve them. I actually don't want to absolve them. I think they... I think they, I think there was an ego involved here for oh, both for sure. of them. Yeah. So this idea that I don't necessarily agree that they were that they wanted to change the world in a positive way because every time someone brings up anything that is a contradictory philosophy to what they have, they immediately become bitchy, passive aggressive, oh, yeah. or dismissive, or they fire that person. Miguel yeah. is the one affected by all of this. You know, as Rebecca becomes more and more of something that Adam has, as uh, Adam has to address and placate and make sure she feels an integral part of WeWork, Miguel is being pushed to the side. We see him struggle with the painting. We see him kind of celebrate the valuation. He seems to be like a leaf in the wind, like that bag in American <laughs> Beauty, just kind of floating around and not really landing anywhere that makes any sense. And so it's so frustrating to see the passive aggressive nature of, well, not aggressive, just passive. Passive nature mm-hmm. of Miguel. Thoughts on thoughts on Miguel, yeah, Nikki? He's someone too. Like I wanted Rebecca to put in more work, but um, with Miguel, I 
you know, he was just so passive. And then looking at the um, S1 and doing that search and seeing how many times Adam was mentioned, 169 times, um, Miguel or Miguel was was mentioned. 29. Yeah, and he was six six, on six pages. And in a typical S1, you know, I've read that Uber and some of the really, you know, big uh, companies, they may mention the founder like 25 times. So Mm -hmm. it's just so obnoxious that, Adam is mentioned 169 times and the the disappointment on his face. Um, I really feel he was just like trapped along for the ride. I don't feel Mm -hmm. too sorry for him because, um, you know, he had shares in the company. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't left out like a lot of the workers. So, but yeah. yeah. But she wrote that. Remember, she ends up writing the essay. So she put Adam's name in there 169 times. Oh, yeah. Clearly, there's obsession. Well, she was that. That's after she was like, well, I'm the soul of the company. I don't need the credit. Right after she kind of came to that realization where it's like, oh. Can you do a close up on my face? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, it's. With Miguel, it's a little... I feel like he checked out, like... I, I don't even know where this is in the timeline, the but DMC. just, like, yeah, 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 months ago or whatever. Like, yeah, Run DMC is probably exactly where yeah. he checked out, and he was just like, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to see what happens, right? He's got his shares he's put up, which, you know, kind of makes it a little bit worse because he's not really doing anything to help the people who are really going to suffer mm-hmm. from this. But I did feel bad for him when he read he was only mentioned, like, six times versus, like, Adam's, like, yeah, over, over 100 and Rebecca's, like, 20, yeah. and it's like... He was there with the employees, putting in the work, as we've said from from the beginning. Um, And, like, any time he kind of tried to challenge Adam on stuff, it never worked. And it would always get shut down, so you'd have to pivot to kind of appease him. So it's like there is this – I do get the sense that he felt stuck. But at a certain point, you would expect him to just sort of, like – dip out, say, hey, I, like, co-ran this company. What can I do for, like, your company? He would go, like, try and pitch himself to other yeah. places because he, he has value. He's a great member of the team. It's just, like, no one in WeWork valued him. Well, I think that's the frustrating thing with Miguel is he doesn't make a choice either way. Yeah. He's yeah. passive floating, yeah. like mm-hmm. I said, floating like a bag. Whereas if he would said, okay, I don't care if I get the credit. I don't care if they mention my name. I don't care. I'm getting the money. I'm getting the stocks. I'm just happy to be a part of this. He'd have been happier. Right. But he wants to have his cake and eat it too, which is yet again another person in this Adam in this Adam sphere who wants to be noticed without making any noise and wants Adam, who's not really the most sensitive guy, mm-hmm. to be able to notice him and placate him. And you see Miguel in, in that final shot with him at least, where he's in the, his office and looking at the numbers of how many times he's mentioned, and you see the pain. He puts oh, yeah. the computer bag. He drinks his thing. The he's embarrassment. Not he embarrassed him. Of, yeah. Uh, you know, having this coloring book S one. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that ridiculous uh, "come and eat it" or "come and get it." Whatever. Yeah, come yeah. and get it sign. Yeah, it was, yeah. sign was a ridiculous thing. But like, yeah. he, it's all of that, and you see that Miguel is just caught here without uh, the ability to step forward. But this is what Adam needed to succeed. He needed to have yeah. people who weren't going to contradict him necessarily so that he could get to where he wanted to get to, but then he didn't understand there's upkeep here in these relationships, and he was terrible at the upkeep, yeah, really, in, in these situations. He so. was he was surrounded by enablers and no one who actually mm. challenged him. Yep. The only person who challenged him was Cameron, and, like, he's... And also, <laughs> yeah, one of the, the supporting actors, I forget her name, um, yeah. Leslie from yeah, the Leslie. Leslie. who quit or got yeah. fired. Mm-hmm. Earlier she was season. challenging Adam quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. 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 Like I said, he gets rid of anybody who yeah. challenges him. Yeah. That is not elevating any kind of consciousness. I, uh, yeah, I, I really, yeah. like, before we move away, yeah. Miguel, I, lo- I loved the symbolism. You brought this up earlier with, yes. the, with the Lichtenstein and him. It's like, what yeah. is worth our time and attention? The whole idea behind that. Right. Uh, 
you know, uh, painting and how it kind of like spoke to him and everything like that. I, you, you could see that that was such a great scene in the art show. and was yeah. something that I, I didn't expect to see like that kind of just like microscope on him outside of the workplace. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was, yeah, that was great. I need to do a deep dive of why that painting would be worth $48 million. Yeah. I need to figure out how that's <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah. Cause I, cause then I gotta, I gotta go to painting classes uh, to figure that out. Cause I, you know, uh, but let's move on to the last thing here. Well, we kind of touched on it before we wrap up here. The, um, the other characters here, Chloe and, uh, Mikey and um, uh, I think it's Jacob there, all at, um, first we see them kind of talking about what they're going to spend their money on. Then we see them at Adam's house doing their thing. And then eventually we see one of them hanging out with his buddies getting into a helicopter while Chloe struggles on whether she's going to buy that $24,000 bag. So, Griffin, talk to me about these uh, about these uh, characters. Even though we didn't get a lot of time with them, yeah. do you like what they're trying? Are they doing well enough to get you across the line to understand that you're going to feel some um, sadness for yeah. these characters once everything comes crashing down next episode. I think narratively, I understand their their purpose, why we were cutting back to them to kind of see how Adam's influence has dictated mm-hmm. how they're spending their money, how they're investing money, how they're just like carelessly living their lives and stuff like that, kind of buying into the free spirit nature of the, the, the workplace environment. Um, I... I I, yeah, again, I see it narratively. I don't think it necessarily works emotionally because mm. we haven't gotten enough time with these yeah. these individuals specifically. Yet we, we get little vignettes of Chloe here and there, and I like those bits. Mm. I would like to see more into them, and I would like more. Like if, if maybe if the show was like two episodes more, we could have an entire episode dedicated to the employees of WeWork, yeah, so yeah. we could see like how this stuff is all affecting them, and maybe the eggshells that they have to walk on when they're interacting with Adam, which is one of the reasons why I loved that scene where Mikey goes to fix the printer and it's like that was for me I don't know how you guys felt but for me that was such a stressful scene to watch because I was waiting for Adam to snap at him just because he's so unpredictable and you're like oh he's gonna know that he was in his apartment drinking his tequila because Adam knows the smell of that tequila and you know maybe he did maybe he brought him in there just to solely you know milk him for like his ideas like he does everyone else but yeah I think and we kind of talked about this a little bit at the top that parts of the episode felt detached Mm -hmm. and more like it was in there out of uh, necessity more than like naturally organically kind of integrated yeah. in yeah. there. So, okay. I mean, I still feel bad for Chloe when she clicked them out. I'm assuming she bought the bag. We, we have no idea, but I'm assuming she did. I, I felt bad because you just see this young person being manipulated and, and like being uh, brainwashed for lack of a better uh, word and like buying into the, the glory and all the, the glamor and yeah. the, the, the finances. Um, so I do feel bad for her more than probably anyone else yeah. because she's the only one that we've seen, but yeah. 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 What do you think about the uh, the way they handled this? And, and Nikki, let me throw something else at you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the complaints about that culture was there was a lot of sexual harassment, a lot of sexual assault, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. We only had it spoken about way back in the summer camp episode. Yeah. We have not touched on it. And Chloe has been a central part, not a central, but certainly a visible part of these episodes over the last few episodes. So is the show dropping the ball, not only on how they present these characters, but also exploring that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I would have liked to have seen that explored. Mm. Um, last we saw, it was episode three. And yeah. mm-hmm. after that episode, I even asked on one of our shows, like, you know, I want to know wh- why the employees felt they wanted to stay, what's going yeah. through the mind of the employees. So I would have loved to have seen more 
um, scenes with them and getting more background like this episode. Um, But yeah, that whole, yeah, that kind of was just dropped. That Mm -hmm. whole, um, I don't know, they didn't say sexual assault, but there was stuff going down in the closets and work related with bosses. And then we didn't hear about it again. So yeah, maybe there's a legal thing here or, you know, I was talking with Lee and Drew, they just want to focus on the love story here, but like maybe there's another telling of this story That could be a series, a documentary series that really goes in, as you said, talking to the employees, but also talking about the behind the scenes of what was really going on with these employees and these employees. Anyway, yeah. Definitely felt like something was missing, though. Mm -hmm. You know, just as a viewer watching it, you would have wanted to see that sprinkled throughout, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. All right. uh, Go ahead. Is there anything else uh, that I I missed on here? No, I was just going to say, like, this just kind of goes back to the idea that this this show is about, like, how they burned $47 billion because of a romance. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like at the core of this show. So like, I understand why we didn't get those episodes. I think if it was like a full telling of yeah, WeWork, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. you know, a top down, just like see all the moving parts, we would have gotten that for sure. But because it was Adam and Rebecca centric, because they are like the, the colorful characters at the center of this story. And we want to like find out about them because just how, you know, how do, how do they work and, and yeah. everything like that. I, I understand why they did it the way they did. They're the we and we. Yeah, exactly. Right? So maybe yeah. that's why it's focused on that. All yeah. right. I think we've hit everything. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to some comments. You know, we've said this, I said this at the top of the show uh, that we appreciate you all sending in your questions, thoughts, and comments. You can do so at shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com or leave comments down below. I got a couple of comments or emails rather actually that come in here from uh, Winston Johnson. He asks, which character from this series is the most relatable to you as an individual none <laughs> what that's a lie griffin his name is cameron and he's absolutely you no he's he's the one i can get behind the most because he's like the voice of reason but i think i, I think if i was in this situation at yeah. the company I, I i can get i would probably be like a miguel like very passive i feel like because mm. i just don't like, you know. have all of this like coming at you and these like wolves you know in you're in this den and everything and you just have no idea what to do so you're just kind of along for the ride you're like sure all right i'm gonna whatever you need i'm getting money and all that stuff and right. so like i think at a certain point I, he should have like you know jumped ship i probably would have jumped ship at a certain point just because the culture and everything is just like disturbing yeah. but at the same time like when you're dealing with a force like adam like what what can you really do? If you've yeah. tried to get through to someone that many times and they don't want to listen, I, I don't know. I, I could kind of relate to that aspect of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Nikki. Oh, gosh. A little <laughs> bit of each, maybe. I don't yeah. know. The bravery of Adam. Yeah. Um, the um, hard work of Miguel. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, wow. You're taking snippets from everything. And, oh, uh, I love that. Rebecca, you know, her passion yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying what I can, you know, pull from each one and the snarkiness of Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, um, I would aspire to, I think in my mind, in my, I aspire to be Adam, that's for sure. And I think that's in my head as the most relatable, but with a little more foundation. So I don't get caught in the situations yeah, yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. but I've got a Cameron on my shoulder who is always questioning the Adam in my yeah. mind. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the that's the two that I would connect with. Winston also says, if you could have a one-on-one intervention with one of these characters, <laughs> who would it be and what would you tell them? I mean, that would uh, that would imply they'd actually listen. Yeah. So I'm going to Nikki on this oh, one first. Uh, Nikki, uh, a one-on-one intervention with one of these characters. Oh, gosh. For Rebecca, I would 
definitely have told her to, you know, keep her empath, you know, kind of uh, turn the spigot off with the tears. And um, I would have liked, like I said earlier, for mm. her to have just taken uh, the runway and just run with that, run okay. with the company. Yeah. And All put right. in more work. All right, uh, Griffin? Rebecca seems like the only person you might be able to get through to here, so I think I would probably have to echo uh, Nikki on that one. Just okay. because, I, And also because I just I feel... Not Miguel. You think Rebecca's the one you'd get through well, to? Well, I don't know. Maybe I maybe Miguel you'd be able to get through and just be like, dude, what are you doing? You're wasting your time and your talents here. Go somewhere else. You clearly like have the, the mindset and like the experience to so do that. But I think with Rebecca, I just like... I Part of me feels so badly for her just because of like all of her the, the past stuff that's mm -hmm. happened to her so like trying to like show her her I, I guess like help her understand her own worth and that she can take that and go do with it what she will and she doesn't need to be comparing herself to Adam and stuff like that that would be like okay you know uh, maybe it's Masa. I want to want intervention with Masa. Masa, stop giving that man money. You are, you are, you are helping that man create some crazy stuff. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, he's going to tell you what to do with that money. You don't yeah. want to do that. But I think Adam would be my choice because both Rebecca and, and Miguel would probably tell you in the room, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Then they'd get around Adam and completely change their minds. Mm. Whereas Adam is such a force of nature that if you could twist or turn Adam into a certain direction, he would go full bore in that direction. Uh, and I think that would be... The intervention I'd love to have if I could uh, if I could train him. Well, you, first get you got to invest in the outlaw nation. Yeah, go ahead. What? You got you got to offer forty seven billion dollars on the table first. That's the only way he'll listen. To I'm you. trying to get forty seven billion. Yep. Stop being so greeny. Yeah, yeah. That's, fair. that's absolutely fair. Um, <laughs> fair enough. All right, there you go. That's our uh, breakdown here of episode seven. Of We Crashed, uh, really enjoyed talking with uh, Griffin Schiller and with Nikki Fowler about uh, uh, about this episode. It's so much fun. I hope you all enjoyed their insights because I know I do every week when I come and do the show with them. So fascinated to hear through the different perspectives and the prisms uh, for them as well. And we've got one more episode left next week, the season finale. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know how long that's going to be. I'm, I'm curious to see what we're going to cover. Certainly they're going to try to wrap up everything, but I wonder if they're going to be able to. So it's going to be a monumental task they have ahead of themselves to do to, to, for this finale. And I'm looking forward to see what we're going to get. Any thought? I mean, we know how the story ends too, because we saw it from the first episode, but any thoughts on what you think we might get in this final episode? Uh, just more information on how he gets out of this, you know, and you know, what he gets. Is there a Goodfellas <laughs> scene? Is there Karen? Is there a crying in the bedroom <laughs> with the drugs flushed down the toilet with both of them? Is there a scene like that? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, just a yeah. lot of finagling. Okay. <laughs> a lot Fair of enough. finagling. Fair enough. I, I'm expecting something similar to like the ending of like the Social Network, where it's just like that's just where we kind of hop <laughs> off the ship here, and the the company goes on, and like yeah, that's. So you're just... saying Adam is friend requesting Cameron all the way to the end? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. that saying? Yeah. Just saying for the end he's, of the no, yeah, Miguel has left him in the dust, and he's going to try and make things up. He's going to bring him flowers and everything. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Miguel. Yeah, it will, it'll Miguel. be Miguel. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just looking forward to more of the great writing that's been on this series so far yeah. and uh, the great performances that we've witnessed and seeing how they wrap up everything. So I hope we're going to get that in a way that's very satisfactory to us. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching it for sure. Uh, as I said earlier, thank you so much for watching here. Remember to comment down below. Leave a comment. What do you think about this episode? What do you think about where it's going? What do you want to see in the finale? We'd like to hear from you. What do you think about our points of views or our perspectives or the things we had to say here on this breakdown of episode? 
episode seven. Also remember to subscribe to the Hollywood Critics Association page right down there. Hit that red button, subscribe, and hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping all the after shows and extra content we do here on the channel. And if you're going to share this, and we'd love it if you did, even if it's a positive or you got some issues with what we said, it's good to start the conversation. Put that hashtag we talk. We crashed on there. And if you, you want your emails to be read, email us at shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. Shows at HollywoodCriticsAssociation.com. All right, for Nikki Fowler, Griffin Schiller, I am John Roker. Thank you so much for watching We Talk, We Crashed. And we'll see you next week for the finale right here on the HCA page.